This is the Cover to Cover podcast, informative and enlightening conversation best paired with the Cover to Cover four-year Bible reading schedule. For more information about Cover to Cover, to sign up for text or email devotions, or to simply just read the Bible along with us, go to covertocoverfc.org. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode five of Cover to Cover, and if you're following along in the plan, after you hear this, you'll be reading Genesis chapters 19 through 30. My name is Andy Schultz. I am the online ministry coordinator at Faith Church, and today I'm joined by pastoral theologian of Faith Church and pastor of Faith's Beecher, Illinois location, Dr. Brian Dennert. Brian, as always, glad you're here. Excited to be here. Back to do it again. You have decided, you've committed, you're going to come back for more of this torture or whatever, what would you call it? Uh, yeah, maybe that, or just, you know, it's, it's a blast, don't worry. It's court-mandated, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> also joining us is Marilyn Miller, the Director of Adult Formation at Faith Church. And Marilyn, uh, I believe, did I see recently, is um, working with NASA to go oh, to the moon? Oh, sure. I, know, I saw they just announced recently sure. they were going to send a new crew to the moon, mm-hmm. and I think I saw you on the list. Right. You're of well course. qualified. Of course. I can yeah. see Ask that. Ask my kids. We'll add that to your resume. <laughs> Marilyn, it is so good to have you. Last time I was on, um, I, I, I just, I had to ask a question about being a mother, um, maybe uh, someone being, you know, asked to be a mother at an older age. And I feel like people probably responded negatively to me even asking the question. So I'm going to issue a public apology and say that I'm sorry that I even asked the question of you. You're all good. I'm trying to be sensitive. You're all good. I want to yeah. be. I want to do this well. Well, on our last episode, we discussed a few of the el- uh, the events, pardon, of the book of Genesis, specifically around some of those key names, Noah and Abraham, as well as some general overview conversation about the condition of brokenness of people as reflected in the reading. Now today, as we dive a little deeper into Genesis, we want to use this segment to take a closer look at one chapter in particular, Genesis 22. So just so you know, as we go along in this podcast, from time to time, we are going to pause and maybe deal with some of the tougher issues or maybe specific passages or verses along the way. And so we've kind of decided as a team, this is one we want to park on for a segment here. So we're going to talk a little bit, as you're going to read in Genesis 22, about the sacrifice of Isaac. Now, this is a tough one, uh, especially for me as a parent. I mean, we're all parents here mm-hmm. in this panel, and this is a hard one. So we read that in uh, chapter 22, it says right away that God was going to test Abraham. God says to Abraham to offer Isaac as a burnt offering, which obviously means he would be killing his own son, um, which is really tough to take. Yeah, it's, it's really, really shocking. Now, one of the things that's interesting when when you start to see Abraham go up, so he he takes goes up to, to make this sacrifice when he's speaking to the servants in, in verse 5, he tells them, servants, stay with the donkeys. The boy and I will go over there to worship, and we'll come back to you. Hmm. Now, you could say, is, is Abraham trying to hide what's going on here? But there's a sense of, like, is he saying, even though, yeah, God, you've asked me to do this, but somehow Isaac's going to come back with me, and we're going to worship you. Is that pointing to... Uh, there is actually a statement in the book of Hebrews where it says that Abraham believed that God was able to raise him from the dead. Because obviously Abraham, actually his body was dead in the sense could not give life. God raised his body from the dead. And so is there a sense that was he able, was he saying, hey, God's going to send this, but if he's calling me to sacrifice him, he's going to also raise him back up. I, we don't exactly know what's going on in Abraham's mind, but we do know he says, we will go up. We will go up and, and we will come back. So he and the boy will return even in this difficult moment. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a good connection. I'm glad you brought that forward. And so Abraham is going to say to Isaac now, 
that God will provide for himself the lamb for this burnt offering. So Isaac now has to go, you know, we don't know his exact age. You know, he could be a young child. Of course, we assume he's a child, but maybe he's a little bit more advanced. I mean, the, the traditions say kind of it could be anywhere from 4 to 37 years old is what wow. I've seen. But most would lean towards at least that that upper half of, you know, teenage years, sure. early 20s. So think less of a little child, uh, which in one sense makes it a little bit less difficult. Um, but not just to say a little bit less difficult, but then it also adds this intriguing element where Isaac's probably of the age where he's not just saying, Hey dad, wherever you want to go, I'm going to go where, I mean, if he's a teenager, mm. you've had right. a teenager in the house, the, you know, you can't get him to go anywhere. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's following him up the mountain to make a sacrifice right. unbeknownst Ugh, to him what's right. going on. And, and this is hard. I mean, I mean, Abraham is just being obedient to God, right? This is an act of worship to the one true living God. And, he takes a knife, it says in verse 9, and he almost goes through with it. But then in verse 10, an angel stops him finally. And then that's when you your heart just like, okay, whew, we didn't have to, we didn't see him kill his own son to be obedient to God, even though you'd say, well, he's being obedient, but he killed his own son, but he didn't, thankfully. But this long-awaited, long, long-awaited promised yeah. son, yeah. Wh- what's going on? And I, as a mom... I wonder what Sarah was thinking. Mm. If she knew the plan or if she heard about it later, you did what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then what was Isaac thinking as he's laying there and this knife gets raised over him? What was going through his mm. mind? That's mm. that's hard. Yeah. That is really, really yeah. hard. Because you're right. That's I, I, I thought the same things along the way. Um, and I was specifically thinking about Isaac, like, okay, what what is this, what is right. this all about? But, you know, Brian, as you mentioned, you know, he he had the Abraham had this ultimate faith in God that there is something maybe good that's going to come out of me doing this thing. And then of course the angel stops and then the angel does say, for now, I know you fear God says that in in chapter 22, verse 12. Um, and the message says, I like the way they said it, how fearlessly mm. you fear God. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. And one of the things to, to also keep in mind that's it's woven through it's, uh, verse 12, it's also earlier when God gives the instruction saying, your only son, mm-hmm. or actually back in, in the early, it says your only son whom you love. And so there is a sense as we're reading the story and we're thinking about how could a father sacrifice his son? This is pointing us forward, going back to the question of where do we find Jesus? Right? Yes. Right. Yeah. That this is foreshadowing that, that actually God, he pulls back the knife from Abraham, but he does not pull back the knife from Jesus. Mm-hmm. That God mm-hmm. is the one who is able to sacrifice his son, who's willingly, now it's not, it's not, God saying to Jesus, go and sacrifice, you know, sacrifice. Jesus willingly lays down his life like right. Isaac. It's not against his will, but what Abraham, Abraham does not do, does not have to do, God will do for us mm. so that we also do not have to do it in our own sense that God's, right. there's no sacrifice of children in part because God's the one that's fulfilled that. Um, so it's an amazing thing just to, when you ever see that, because technically Isaac's not his only son. He's the son of the promise. Right. But he's not. He's but he's the son he loves. So even reminds us a little bit of that language of that pick, gets picked up in the New mm-hmm. Testament of the one and only son, the begotten, the the beloved is is Jesus mm-hmm. is like the Isaac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Well, of course, that it does read in the scripture that a ram was provided in the thicket. That's verse thirteen, and then and then again because Abraham is is worshiping in in his way, and so he's now built this altar for this sacrifice. Uh, which we thought was going to be his own son, turned out to not have to be that. So then as another act of worship, he calls the place that he stands 
the Lord will provide. That's now I'm sure there's a Hebrew word that eventually I, I didn't see that in the ESV that I was reading. Maybe Brian, you I mean, more it's, insight. It's that Jehovah Jireh sort of. Oh, okay, element. that makes sense. Well, of course, there you go. So that's that's what it is. Uh, and then uh, we believe that this could be. Some historians believe this is the place where the temple ultimately was built in Jerusalem. So again, it's. It's not 100% in stone, but that's interesting. There's some significance now to this place. And even if it's not the exact place of the temple, it's Jerusalem is a significant place where the sacrifice of the sun right. will happen. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Um, in Galatians 3, Paul calls this the gospel in advance. I love that. Now, the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaim the gospel ahead of time to Abraham. Mm. No, that's good. Yeah, I love, I love these connections, these mm-hmm. these Old Testament, New Testament connections. The Lord then says, it says in, in uh, verses 17 and 18, I will surely bless you. He says, I will multiply you because of this. Your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, which comes back a little bit later. Mm-hmm. The nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Mm-hmm. And so again, we see um, the Lord is doing something through Abraham He's not rewarding him by saying, I'm going to give you a good thing, you know, because, but it's rather, you know, Abraham's getting this because God has willed it, you know, not because of, of anything he's done necessarily. Uh, but this is, yeah. this is remarkable. Well, you can go back. So Abraham did nothing to earn God's promise, but he has to respond to God's promise. Yes. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's un, as I just read recently, it's, it's uncon, un, unconditioned, but there is that, that response element. There's, but there's something that, that caused it to happen. So right. he does hear his voice, but he responds. Right. And I think, what can I learn from this? When things go really, really bad, is God still worthy of my trust? He's proven that in generations and generations. And I remember a time when I wrestled with God about my children. Um, I was kind of holding on to them with white knuckles, Mm. which wasn't doing anybody any good. That's not a fun place to be in the middle of those knuckles. Mm. Um, And I was really anguishing to God. I don't know how to love them less. And what I heard from God is I'm not asking you to, but I am asking you to love me more. And that is what Abraham did. He loved God more. Oh, that's great. Well, that's good. So yeah, it's it's a horrifying story when you read it on the surface, you know, the first time through. Mm-hmm. It takes me a couple of passes through to really process mm-hmm. this. But as we've kind of talked about on this podcast, especially when you're reading from this time period, things are a little different. There's a different framework of society and and you know and culture at the time of, of the people you know in this in this particular narrative, and so we have to read it that way and understand you know that even ch- sacrificing a child, which we would just be absolutely um, appalled by the right. thought of, right. would maybe be even acceptable um, for some civilizations. You know, of course, God has now reversed it here and said, mm-hmm. "Don't do that." He does it himself. Yeah. Um, but maybe there's, you know, we see that in other religious traditions or other tribal traditions or, you know, mm-hmm. things going forward uh, that come out of this, that that sort of depravity still is dark and still exists. Right. So, right. Well, good. Well, this has been a great conversation on um, chapter 22. We'll do that from time to time where we'll take one part and we'll we'll pull it out. But next, we're going to do something a little different as well. We're going to examine some of the bad behavior of these deeply flawed people in Genesis. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Let's contrast the godly obedience of Abraham 
with the opposite. When we teach about the people of Scripture, specifically in an Old Testament context, it's easy to characterize them maybe as heroes or villains, kind of simplifying it. That's what makes sense in our current cultural context. But what we, what we have to be careful with this practice is, uh, is, is that as you're reading here in this middle portion of Genesis specifically and really throughout the Old Testament, there are serious character, character flaws amongst everybody here. And that's right. what you're going to find. So this is for the panel here. When we talk about the idea of heroes in the Bible, anybody besides Jesus, we're really kind of skating on thin ice, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, in the sense that the only hero of the Bible is is God and Jesus, I and mean, yes. that's where the, the hero story goes. And it's the reminder that we're not looking to the Bible for just examples to emulate or not emulate. So sometimes people would approach the Bible, okay, here's the, you should live like all these people. So then they get bothered by the flaws in them because, well, I thought we were supposed to be like Abraham. I thought we were supposed to be like Jacob. I thought we were supposed to be like David. And you know, the only person we're supposed to truly, truly be like is Jesus. But even him, there's ways we can't totally be like Jesus. And so often we talk about reading the Bible, and you recognize the Bible often is is descriptive, not prescriptive. When when it's, it's describing what's going on, and so it's not a monkey see, monkey do. Okay, Abraham did this, so I should do this, or monkey see, monkey don't do. Uh, Abraham did this, I shouldn't do that because that was bad. There's this element of since what these stories are showing us is is yeah, the the bigger picture of the fact that there's brokenness that we can't save ourselves. So there's these flaws in this. So as we read them, we we don't have to. Uh, minimize them or act like they're not there. They're there for a purpose and reason because we're not meant to emulate them. Yes, we learn from their good things. We learn from their bad things, but we're also called to learn a deeper lesson of what does this teach us about God and what does this teach us about ourselves, about our need for God and the hope that we have because one has come to fulfill uh, and to actually be the hero of the story. So I think that's, it's helpful maybe to keep the perspective in mind. We see these flaws. It's not, it's, it's for a purpose but the purpose is not just to teach us morals. Well, that's good. Yeah, especially, uh, yeah, th- th- it can feel very Sunday school sometimes. I, I've, I've heard that. Be like David. Right. Be like, right. and I, you know, I thought, well, I don't know if I want to be like David. David had some baggage too. Now, that's down the road, of course. But yeah, of course, as you mentioned, Abraham, uh, we're going to talk about some of the key characters, but even some of the other characters, what I would say the secondary characters, and I'm using quotes with characters. I mean, these are mm-hmm. people. These are real stories, mm-hmm. right? But um, they're characters in a story that we're being told. I mean... Let's start with the obvious one, the men of Sodom. I mean, that's there's, there's we're not going to go into detail what's happening there, right. but it's bad enough for the for the Lord to say, "I'm blowing this place up." Right, <laughs> right, right. So. right. And even today, if somebody who's not um, involved with the Bible or reading the Bible, the term Sodom and Gomorrah means something. Yes, yes. I think I feel like adults know what that means, um, and. Throughout the New Testament, they refer to it, and today they, ret- they refer to it. In 2 Peter 2.6, it says, and he re- If he reduced the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes and condemned them to extinction, making all of them example of what is coming to the ungodly. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible fate that they yeah. had. Yeah. And I think sometimes we see in these these figures like that, like God will send judgment, which shows us these bad things are not okay. Right. And then as I think we'll talk about some other ones, other ones, it's not explicit in terms of God sends the judgment. But if you read the story, it goes on, you're like, yeah, that wasn't a good thing to do. That was pretty, pretty mm-hmm. dumb. And bad things happen when you start doing these right. things. So mm-hmm. we do, they are given these examples, 
but it's bigger. It's also showing us about God, not right. about people. Right. Yeah. So you're going to read that coming up here in this next section. You'll read, of course, um, uh, some other just some other events that happen around some of these characters. Um, you know, just interesting. You know, you have this uh, Laban who tricks Jacob. Uh, Jacob believes that he's going. He's working his way and earning his chance to be with Rachel, um, but but Laban makes a little bait and switch, which again, you, you're going to read this and you're going to scratch your head like I did, like. How do you make this mistake? But somehow this mistake is made. Um, heavy veils. Heavy <laughs> veils. <laughs> Another woman would show up when, anyways, you yeah. get the point. Um, just, just interesting bad behavior here. Um, you know, Sarai offers her servant, Hagar, we talked about that a little bit last time around, mm-hmm. um, to Abram to, to um, so that she can mother a child for this great lineage. Of course, that would not be the, the one. And then, and then Rachel does the same thing, offering a servant to Jacob. Um, so just some interesting behavioral choices that we have to just yeah. point mm-hmm. out. You're going to read this and you're right. going to say, this doesn't make any sense yeah. in my Maury Povich context. Like, <laughs> right. That, that we would be on, we would be on the, on the show, like screaming and throwing chairs at each other if right. these things had happened in our lives, right. but here they are. But in all of them, they, they do all devolve. I mean, you get Sarah offers Hagar. It seems like a good idea. And then she regrets that. And now right. she has animosity and, and then, you know, deeper animosity of Ishmael yeah. and Isaac and, Rachel and you know they basically is you know her and Leah are th- then start throwing their yeah their maid servants at Jacob and just oh, like there's man. this this and then that family is is messed up yeah right. I mean obviously it's, it's and and it's not surprising in lie that so again it shows it, these are they're describing things and showing these are bad choices it's not condoning them right. but it doesn't say she was wrong in doing this but you read it and you're like. Yes, she was wrong in doing mm-hmm. this, yep. and mm-hmm. I should not. I should not do any of those things. Right. Even Laban, he keeps on tricking Jacob, and he gets his. He meets a deceiver who deceives him. So right. it all works out. Mm. Right. Consequences right. for all. Uh, just, just a little thing to point out again, because we, we're just here to give you like a, a little bit of help on the side as you're as you're reading the scripture. One thing that actually helped me when I got to chapter thirty, which is the last chapter of this section, was I actually charted in my Bible which mother. Mm. Each of Jacob's children belonged to, essentially, mm. just so I could have a good idea. And of course, when you get to that section, you'll realize that chapter 30 was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, <laughs> that's, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it when you read it, I promise. That's, that's, maybe that's obscure now. How many people have seen that musical? Is that still current? Is that even on Broadway anymore? Can you still see Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor? I, I saw Dream a performance Coat? of it a couple of years ago, but it was like a, like a little college theater. So oh, yeah, that, sure. that might maybe show some elements, but I mean... You know, go back and look up Donny Osmond. Oh, right. Yeah. I saw it with Donny Osmond. At, I think it was the Chicago Theater. I don't know what year in the For 90s. For those that don't know what we're talking about, it's called Joseph and the Amazing Technical <laughs> Dream Coat. Yeah, we've gotten, okay. yeah, we've gotten, gotten off the path here yeah, just a little right. bit. But there's bad acts amongst our main characters here in uh, Genesis as well. I mean, Jacob, uh, who we were just talking about, right? Jacob has all of these sons. These sons ultimately become the tribes, essentially, of, of Israel. Um Jacob tricked his own brother Esau into forfeiting mm-hmm. his birth, birthright, which is outrageous when you read it. Um, Jacob tricked Isaac, his own father, into blessing him with the firstborn blessing. <laughs> and yet through Jacob, we have this great lineage that we right. see traced throughout the Old Testament. I mean, right. that's remarkable because there's two major deceptive acts here where he has now fooled his way into it. And the Lord's like, okay, well, I'm still choosing you and that's how we're going to do this. And that, I don't know about you, how that hits you. That just like hurts me in my soul. Well, it goes back to God did not choose him because of anything inherent That's right. inside That's of right. him. I mean, that, right. that goes back. And so you have, you choose Jacob and Esau and, and you know, we're focused on Jacob's act. Esau doesn't come out 
as a blameless character right. as true. well right. in terms of he right. he so despised his birthright that he sold it for I mean, I, 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 that's like my least favorite foods. Like he's, but he's so hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and so he sells, so how much, how little do you think of this birthright? And then beginning at Jacob, it's like, well, you, you should just waited for God to work itself out. That like God had promised this. Um, but so you see Esau and even his anger and other things. So it's Jacob and Esau. They're not, it's like one's good and one's bad. They're both flawed, but yet God chose to use one of the flawed. And even the Esau who does not being chosen to be the descendant, the line Kind of like with Ishmael, there is some blessing given right. on Esau. He's, True, not, right. he's still made. So I think that it points out of, yeah, there's flaws, but those flaws don't disqualify them because they because our character never qualified us to be used by God or receive God's promises. Yeah. And then and then Marilyn, even Abraham, right? Right. Also a deceiver right. along the and way. The recurring event of my wife is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so to protect myself, I have to tell people she's my sister. Um, so Abraham does that with Pharaoh in chapter 12, and then he does it with Abimelech in chapter 20. She's my sister. She's not my wife. But then many, many years later, Isaac uses the same storyline <laughs> with a different Abimelech. She's not my wife. She's my sister. And I thought, you know, did that come back from family folklore? Did he think dad tried this? It didn't work. Maybe it'll work now. <laughs> Just a little bizarre. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a different Abimelech. That's okay. So that's right. good. That's that's yeah. a good commentary. He would have been note. really, really old. By yeah. Then. Well, everybody was old. Yeah. Then. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I think it does. There is the element of to see the the family resemblance that this this family right? that God chooses to save the world through is messed up, mm-hmm. and maybe even you know. If you think your family is messed up, sometimes you read this and you're like, it's even more. <laughs> and so there's this element of like, your family doesn't disqualify you, but also reminder to parents of, you know, what are we passing along? Right. Are, you know, there's, right. It's amazing that the faith is passed along, but also the flaws. Yeah. And, right. and ha- as my kids are growing older now, I'm seeing they, they imitate more things or right. become, oh. and so it's like recognizing those things. Mm-hmm. While the Bible is not a book that, you know, this, this section is not about parenting, but there are principles we can still pull from it and things to recognize and how God, even those of us who, who think we're so unlike our parents, at times, it's like you actually do have oh, more sometimes influence. I hear that coming out of my mouth when I think that's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's, it's recognize, and, and in some ways, we're all it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. We're right, all right, like this, right. we're all the way back to Noah and his sons. Right. And so uh, just to, to see those flaws. So right. Marilyn, what do your kids say that you hear yourself in? And you're like, oh, wait a minute, where yeah, do I know yeah. where you got that? Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I won't throw them under the bus, but. Oh, this is good. We could do a whole, like a a bonus episode and all the things that we see in our kids where we're (laughs) like, how dare you? Oh no, that's totally Or the thing our parents did that we said we'll never do. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Maybe we should. We should issue the bonus episode. (laughs) That's good. All right. Well, I think we're starting to see, and ultimately I hope that what you're taking away from this as you're listening is that these are very, very flawed characters. This whole Mm -hmm. segment was, was basically built around this idea, are any of them heroes? The answer is really know, right. right? Again, God, Jesus, that's really it. Um, but yet through them and through us, who are also deeply flawed and broken people, uh, God is telling an amazing story. So I'm just thankful for this time. I'm thankful that we have this to chew on. And again, we just want you to read scripture well. Of course, we're not reading it for you. You're doing the reading. Uh, but as you go along, just think back to our conversation and, and have that in your mind as you read this, that there is going to be brokenness. You're going to read about some really terrible things along the way, but be encouraged. Be encouraged that God has told this story 
so that he could save the world, which is what's happening through you and I now actively, mm. even here today. So through these flawed, through these flawed people, it's yes. amazing because yes. we are we are children of Abraham through right. faith. So we actually are in this line, yes. not physically per se, but we are spiritually in that line. So yeah, now God's calling, and so we can live into our flaws. We can right. see the flaws and the people. There's no hero around us, right? Mm-hmm. To see those flaws, but to know that that God will use us as part of this family. So yes, let's model the faith and repent of the flaws and can keep following God in that way. Yes. Right. And when I'm in a drive-through that has two ordering lanes that merge into one, <laughs> I'm often asking myself how I'm going to be blessing the nations if I can't bless the driver <laughs> that cut in front of me. Right. So this is right. really good. So thank you. Thank you both of you, Marilyn, Brian. I'm thankful for you and, and your heart and the work you put into to having, hanging out with me. So I hope that you'll come back and we'll do it again. Of course. Yeah. You've been listening to the Cover to Cover podcast, a synchronous audio experience with the Cover to Cover four-year Bible reading schedule. For more information or to sign up, visit covertocoverfc.org. For questions or comments, email us at podcast at wearefaith.org. The Cover to Cover podcast is a production of Faith Church in Dyer, Indiana, a Bible-believing, outreach-oriented, multi-site community of believers committed to changing the world one relationship at a time. More at wearefaith.org. This podcast is produced and edited by Jason Boltima and Brad Polinsa. On behalf of everyone at Faith Church, we say thank you for listening to the Cover to Cover podcast. <laughs>